The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, Adam, come to you uh, off the heels of some more positive results for the Milwaukee Brewers. Last time we spoke with you, uh, we were coming off uh, one podcast that was a little sad after a tough series against the Rockies, and then another joyous podcast after a two-game doubleheader sweep of the San Francisco Giants. Different tones to different podcasts, both of them brought up uh, – classic Italian dishes. I promise you that there is none of that in this episode. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try out a new bit and we'll see where that lands as we get to it. But I promise no chicken parm talk today. Adam, welcome to the podcast. How was your weekend? How are you doing? Uh, my weekend was, was very good. I had a weekend. I don't usually have a weekend. It's usually work time for me, but I did have more of a weekend than usual this week. Um, some unfortunate sporting things along the way, um, something you can relate to too. But hey, all anyone wants to talk about on a Monday morning, particularly this week of all the weeks in the calendar, is baseball, right? I actually think for for our listeners and for our hosts, that one's true. You know, anyone that listened to our newest podcast, GSBN's Talk of the Tundra, hosted by Numak and featuring a uh, a uh, rotating assortment of guests, including you and, 
including yours truly as well. Anyone that listened to that has seen, you know, I've gotten off to a pretty strong start in some of my optimism about teams. The, the Chargers look great. The Bills, uh, we've got a um, a competent Tua uh, Tagovailoa game in game one for the Dolphins. And Mac Jones looked terrible. Looking good. My 14-3 and three for the Packers, not off to a great start. But but that's well, okay. Last year because... either, though. This is, you know, 14-3, you were pushing it just one game further, which is the problem. But... Look, it can it can all turn around. And seriously, when I say that nobody wants to talk or this about that, that of course is not true. And you're also going to go and check out Talk of the Tundra on this Monday morning, where Numak, Ty, and myself we broke down uh, a pretty interesting game one for the Packers, which left a lot to talk about, a lot to think about heading into Week Two against the Bears. Yeah. Also, go, go, excuse me, I don't know why I'm mumbling like that. Go listen to Talk of the Tundra. Go listen to. Uh... Last win in six podcast, Jordan Tresky's, uh, I guess, audio essay about Larry Costello, who was just uh, enshrined into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame over the uh, weekend. So a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to chew on. Did I get all that right? Hopefully I did. Uh, the Brewers played some baseball this weekend against the Cincinnati Reds. Adam, I don't know if you knew that. Um, again, things get off to a very tough start. One of the conversations that we had uh last week aged very unfortunately well and it's going to continue to age well as we talk about tuesday uh game coming up on the calendar but friday night opening game of a series jason alexander forced into duty again uh pitching depth is becoming a worry with eric lauer on the il with freddie peralta on the il your rotation is really helmed by uh woodruff and corbin burns and now jason alexander and adrian hauser as well you're hoping for Aaron Ashby back. You're having bullpen games on the calendar. Basically, it's just like next man up is the situation. And Alexander was that man on Friday. Really tough start for him. Uh, TJ Friedel, Homer, starts things off in the first. Kyle Farmer, single, single makes it 2 nothing. Donovan Solano, single to right field, makes it 3 nothing. Uh, Nick Senzel then grounds into a double play, the Jason Alexander special. Uh, but that would score um, a run to make it 4 nothing. And then a Jose Barreo single makes it 5 nothing after the first inning. Uh, Alexander Wood battles way back from there, partially thanks to an excellent Tyrone Taylor play. His final line is five and a third innings pitch, nine hits, five runs, all of them earned in that first inning, a walk and four strikeouts. Uh, Nick Lodolo on the mound for the Reds and stake to that big lead. He just did what he had to do and just mowed through innings. His, his final day, he ended up with eight innings pitch, five hits, Two runs, they were earned 11 strikeouts and no walks. Really good day from Lodolo. Uh, the the runs came in the third inning. Tyrone Taylor would hit a homer to center field to score himself in Luis Arias. Uh, Taylor had a very good game um, because, as we mentioned, he also uh, featured a pretty important uh, defensive highlight. Um, so He threw out Donovan Solano at home in the third inning to keep the score at 5 nothing, so kept the Brewers in the game, then Homer to make it 5-2. So some great work from Tyrone Taylor. Alexander, after just a terrible first inning, eats some innings. We see the return of Justin Topa, who throws an inning in two-thirds, four hits, um, but didn't allow a run, struck out one. Luis Perdomo comes on and throws a scoreless inning um, with a strikeout on only seven pitches, and then the Reds would also get a pair of insurance runs in the ninth. Brent Suter comes on allows a Jonathan India home run, and then allows a TJ Fraley home run. Uh, uh, Jonathan Fraley, sorry. I'm thinking of the guy that plays for the Rays. Jake Fraley. 
there's a name somewhere. All these are relevant teams, all these are relevant players that beat us in games, and I have to remember who did what. It's just like, what are we doing here? Fix this, Rob Manfred. Make guys meaningful again. Uh, so at the end of the day, Tyrone Taylor's contributions are not enough to make up uh, for the tough start with the pitching 8-2 Reds win. Uh, Reds get 17 hits. Brewers only get five. Offense didn't show up. Tough, uh, tough start for Alexander, and that was just the name of the game. If you had told us that Jason Alexander was going to give the Brewers five and a third innings and four and a third of those would be scoreless, I think we'd have taken that pretty happily and been like, oh, Brewers are going to have a chance to win this game. So it's, it's just the fact of how spectacularly disastrous he got off to that start, which is unfortunate. And I don't know, it, it, you do kind of tip your hat to him for just regaining any kind of composure. It's it's also, I guess, reflective of where the Brewers are, that he was always going to have the chance to battle through that because they couldn't just pull him after a couple of innings and be like, that's enough from you, Jason. Um, but he did well to fight back and keep it to where it was. We, we talk a lot about, I know it's a subject that Andrew frequently gets passionate about, the kind of pitcher Alexander is and what Alexander can give them. And he honestly, for the most part here, gave the best of what he could give him. The problem is his limitations were fully on display for one inning. And that's what can happen. Uh, so that's that's a really tough beat. It is a pity that the Brewers just didn't really find anything on offense. Because even in spite of being in that early hole, when you're going through a large span of the game beyond that point, I mean, they don't score for innings two through eight, the Reds. Like, there was room for the Brewers to get back in. There's no reason why we should be saying, well, the Brewers, you know, it's fine that they're not picking up four, five, six runs of their own, and that by the time you get to the bottom of the eight and you're going to the ninth, that this is a real game. Um, that's something that is beyond the pitching. Pretty disappointing all around. But these days happen, and we've seen plenty of them over the course of the season. Yep, and the problem when these days happen is you need to immediately turn things around and right the ship. And for their credit, you know, we keep we need sweeps at some point against bad teams. They haven't come. We now have a stretch against good teams, is what it is, but they also need serious wins. And to do that, they'd have to win two games in a row. That started with Adrian Hauser on the mound against Chase Anderson. And Hauser, uh, very interesting pitching line, really just got the job done after um some good, a good start, a good stretch out of the bullpen, a bad start, or really just up and down uh, turn of events since he returned from the IL. Today delivers six innings, one hit, one run, two walks, no strikeouts, uh, 82 pitches in six innings, balls in play, but nothing that really did much damage. Brewers would get the scoring started off early, so there was no hole to dig out of. Willie Adamas with Christian Yelich on base, two run homer to make it two nothing. Uh, a Fridell sack fly in the third would score Barreo. And then seventh inning, Christian Yelich single scores Tyrone Taylor. Eighth inning, Andrew McCutcheon Homer makes it 5-1. Uh, scoreless bullpen work from Taylor Rogers, Matt Bush, and Brad Boxberger closes things down after the sixth innings from Hauser. Got to Chase Anderson, who, who was not as sharp as four innings pitch, uh, one hit, but three walks, uh, two earned runs, five strikeouts. So missing bats in a good way and a bad way for Anderson, and then finding a bat uh, very early with that Willie Adamas home run. 5-1 Brewers win. 
Uh, only six hits allowed, but only one hit for <laughs> for the Reds. Uh, that one hit allowed by Hauser was the, um, I think it was Berea, um, who got on base. And then three innings when I said scoreless baseball from the bullpen, it was actually three hitless innings from Rogers, Bush, and Boxberger. So just excellent work from the bullpen, good work from Hauser, just enough runs to get it done. Um, and coming into a game that, you know, we're, we're going to say this a lot over the next few weeks, depending on how the it. previous night went. What Say that again? I said they have to have these games. That's, that's as yeah, simple it's, as it's, that, yeah. Th- they're going to play about, in the next, we got, what, about 30 or so games left. They're going to, yeah, 31 games left, I believe. No, 21, right? Yeah. We played 141 baseball games. 21 baseball games left. We're going to play probably 15 must-win games over the next uh, stretch if you want to stay in this race. And this was one of them, and they did. 100%. Uh, not just um, good work from the bullpen. Three innings, no walks, no hits. We might need some more bullpen outings like that to get those kind of 15 wins you're probably going to need. So that's that's what you like to see. Good to see Adrian Hauser just, you know, working your way through and managing a game, keeping things under control. It's kind of close enough to the ideal version of him. We know what kind of pitcher he is and what kind of pitcher he isn't what when he's dialed in he's going to provide you and what just isn't really in his arsenal so it's it's about managing games in a very controlled fashion did so nicely here one thing that we'll flag up now because we'll be talking about it again in a second uh good way to start a game is christian yelich getting on base and then either willie adamas hitting a homer or getting on base himself because the brewers take game two and get game three of this series and one key ingredient to both is they manage to pick up a couple of first inning runs because the first two guys in the order get on base immediately. And I think it's something we're going to have to see a lot more of down the stretch because, again, we know the offense struggles. You cannot afford to just have kind of three quick outs for Yelly, Willie Adamas, and Rowdy Tolles. The Brewers do not have the firepower to do that because if that happens, there are plenty of occasions where you may not be seeing anything resembling a hit through to the fourth inning. And it feels honestly more the case right now than it's been most of the season. I think those three guys are doing a pretty solid job, seem to have something going for them. And they're going to need more games like this where you're getting, if not both, at least one of those two guys on base. And you're saying, Rowdy, Here's your chance. And Hunter Renfro is waiting behind him in the cleanup spot. I think that's that's something that is going to be crucial for the Brewers based on their offensive struggles because it gets pretty hairy the further you go down the order. Like Omar Narvaez has really not had it for quite some time. Caratini has had big moments, but has been hit and miss for a lot of the time. Kutch being pretty quiet. Obviously, he comes up with a big moment in this game, but it's... Uh, to me, this Brewer season, in terms of offense, is now going to live and die with those three guys at the top of the order. And it was interesting in these two games to see immediately you get them delivering, you get positive results from that group, and you get the game off on the right foot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adam, you, you're a professional and you set up this transition just like as smooth as a hot knife through butter because the g- game three, what happened to start off this baseball game, Adam? What you just said occurred after a scoreless first from Brandon Woodruff. Uh, the bottom of the first, Yelich single, Adamas single, Rowdy Tellez double, makes it 2 nothing to start the game. The guys that you have to count on, you have to rely on right now that have to be your primetime players – were in the first inning and got things started. Now the Reds, unfortunately, would answer. I was at a football game, keeping up with this on my phone. I, you know, sit sitting in my seat for an hour. It's not going well for my team, but you're updating me on the Brewers, and I'm like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna come home to, uh, or I'm gonna come to the car, get to watch the last hour on my phone, and things are gonna be good. Brewers are gonna have an easy win, and you know, the the Carolina Panthers can't hurt me anymore. But then, boom, uh, second inning, a double uh, down. Uh, right field scores Fraley Reynolds singles to score Lopez two two right after two the Reds answered quickly and then in the second inning following it up those three guys again Yelich single Adamas uh, to score Jace Peterson who was already on base I should mention as well Willie Adamas hits a homer scoring himself in Yelich Rowdy Thales homers it's six to two the three the three horsemen of the Brewers uh, apocalypse four other teams uh, coming through right away in both the first and the second inning. In the fourth inning, Rowdy Tellez sends another homer into the right field, uh, over the right field wall to make it 7-2. Uh, Woody would end up going six innings, six innings pitch, uh, five hits, two runs there, both earned one walk, 11 strikeouts, another really, really good performance from him. Uh, Peter Strzelecki comes on in the seventh and allows a homer, unfortunately, to make it 7-4. to four. So an inning for Strzelecki, a pair of hits, two earned runs, uh, the homer, being the, the big blow. Um, eighth inning, Taylor Rogers would come in, throw a scoreless inning with a pair of strikeouts. And then in the ninth inning, Devin Williams would get himself in a little bit of trouble, uh, relinquishing two of the three runs that buffer that he had. Uh, an error would allow one run to score. And then uh, another sack fly from Friedel makes it 7-6, but Devin does eventually get out of things. An inning pitch, two hits, two runs. Only one of them was earned two strikeouts. Brewers win 7-6 to six behind the top three in the order, giving you pretty much all of the production. I think uh, Jace Peterson scoring the run was the only production from someone not named Yelish Adamas, 
or Telez. And uh, yeah, Woody and the the top three guys getting it done. Uh, Taylor Rogers, uh, best bullpen performance of the three. Some shaky moments otherwise, but enough to get the win. Another must-win game in the month of September, and uh, it takes them into a positive way uh, heading into the stretch. But really, just to echo your point, can't say enough about how good this offense can look even when it's only these three guys performing just because of the the level they can take their game to in terms of run production when they're all clicking at the same time. And worth noting, both Yelly and Rowdy got a chance to hit a grand slam in this game. And they both, unfortunately, uh, hit ground balls. But... I think that is the that's the best path to success for the Brewers is create scoring opportunities for the guys who you have the most faith in delivering. That sounds unbelievably obvious, but it's something that they haven't always been doing this season. And in this series, they certainly were a part of that is what's in your control, which is top of the order. It's like, Yelly, you can get yourself on base. Willie, you can get yourself on base. Or if you want, you can... You can hit a homer or advance Yelly, whatever it may be. Um, and then you've got Rowdy and you've got Hunter Renfro. And it's like, okay, like it, it is a key area for the Brewers who damage. And I think there's too many games this season where we're getting deep into a game without seeing positive results. And I, I do think the Brewers are going to have to start striking early. So interesting that not only did we see the yields from that in this game, but it could have been even better. I mean, uh, Rowdy himself wasn't it wasn't seven the RBI record he tied or was it eight early in the season but there you go he was at the plate with a chance to uh to tie it in this game um, and that was only by like the fifth inning so Rowdy had himself a day probably the only surprise is that he didn't decide to hit another homer and worth noting I think his first homer is uh the lowest trajectory of any home run for a brewer this season it really was just a low bullet that barely, barely cleared the very low mark um, down the corner. Um, what is it? 30 homers on the season now for Rowdy? 30 homers. That's uh, just like a nice round number of feet for him to break. I did forget uh, to mention that the, I think the sack fly that I referenced that scored a run in the ninth. It was actually mm-hmm. a spectacular play by Garrett Mitchell in center field. So I want to make sure I shout that out. Has had a tough stretch at the plate since being called up, but his speed and his defense just both look exceptional. Um, so hope he still get, continues to get reps and, and we'll see what happens. But great play by him. And then just as you mentioned, uh, <laughs> the numbers could have been even gaudier in the stat line for our three heroes. But uh, nonetheless, uh, looked very good and uh, came up with the big moments. Anything else on the series against the Reds before we transition to um, the Master Brewer leaderboard? And I think conversation looking ahead will probably open up some more conversation because there are things on the horizon that kind of need to be discussed uh, as a follow-up from last week. I, I, my only take for the series is I think it's very professional. <laughs> it's kind of just what they need to do. If we take away that very first inning of the series where Jason Alexander gives up five runs, I think from there on, the Brewers largely do what they need to do. A couple more runs in game one would have been nice anyway. Um, but they're they're doing what they need. They're finding a way to do it. And the focus is definitely there. And we talk about some of the ups and downs and where team morale is being at. Like you see Devin Williams give up a couple of runs, one of them earned. 
um, in the ninth in-game tree, and it's the kind of scenario which that's going to really annoy him generally. But he was he was just super super pumped to get the win, and I think there's maybe a more slightly more uh, pragmatic edge to the Brewers right now. It's it's win at all costs, and they know if they don't do that, well, they're going to be sitting at home watching playoff baseball. That's where I'll be sitting, Adam. Um, Maybe not, Andrew. Maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, with me, who knows where I'll fly to at any moment to go subject exactly. myself to sports and just the mental and physical ex- exhaustion that it takes to just, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? F- rocket ship yourself to another part of the country or world. It, it can be exhausting. Master Brewer leaderboard. Uh, Adrian Hauser, six inning pitch, the one hit, one run, two walks, no strikeouts. Gave him a, 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 a good start when they needed it. Brandon Woodruff, six innings pitch, five hits, two runs, one walk, 11 strikeouts. Willie Adamas, four for 11, the three runs, four RBI, two walks, two home runs. Uh, Rowdy Tellez, three for eight, had the homers in the that last game, goes up to 30 for the season. Christian Yelich, living on base after a tough game one, uh, had four hits across the next two games, uh, added a walk in there as well. Uh, Tyrone Taylor, two for four, two runs, two RBI, the homer. He did have that spectacular outfield assist. Uh, Taylor Rogers, two innings pitch, no hits, no runs, four strikeouts. And then Matt Bush comes in in a tight game, keeps the lead where it was, one inning pitch, three strikeouts, no hits, no runs. Any thoughts on uh, on these guys getting beers at him? All deserving. It's quite a lot of guys, but there there is enough there. Multiple players who stepped up, um, some playing more than others. But I guess to echo what we were talking about a minute, seeing Yelly, Yelly, Rowdy, and Willie all get beers, uh, that's probably something we're going to need to see most series, if not all series going forward, if the Brewers are to make the playoffs. It's just they need all of those guys. They need them to perform at a level that is going to help them get over the line because they're up against it here. They are still just doing enough to give themselves a chance to make it interesting and to keep us invested, whether that's to... Uh, give us a great moment of celebration and catharsis to finish this regular season or to just break our heart into millions of tiny little pieces. They're doing it. They're doing enough to be there, but to actually get over the line and get us that positive result. I think you've got to look to your to your stars, and I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt about who those guys are. Um, both, both offensively and in pitching, and if we look at Corbin's last outing and we look at Woody's last outing now, like those guys are delivering and generally have been. I know Corbin's had a shakier spell recently, but you fully expect that to continue. So what do you know beyond that? You know that there are three other nights where your pitching is going to be more questionable. And particularly on those occasions, you just need the offense to deliver. There's no choice anymore. So that's, again, my big takeaway from this whole episode, from these Master Root points. Yelly, Willie, Rowdy. That's what it's got to be for the Brewers if they're going to be a playoff team. Updating the leaderboard, and then I'll have a few thoughts. After 141 games, like I said, only 21 regular season games remaining. Seems crazy. Rowdy Clouds with 22. Christian Yelich with 18. Corbin Burns with 16. Willie Adamas with 14. Brandon Woodruff and Andrew McCutcheon with 11. Jace Peterson and Hunter Renfro with 10. Tyrone Taylor, Devin Williams with nine. Colton Wong, Luisa Rios with eight. Keston Hira, Josh Hader with seven. 
Freddie Peralta with six, Aaron Ashby and Hobie Milner with five, Victor Caratini and Jason Alexander with four. The three-beer list is extensive. Matt Bush, Taylor Rogers, Adrian Howard, so Peter Shreslucky, Brad Boxberger, Trevor Gott, Jonathan Davis, Brent Suter and Omar Narvaez with two, Garrett Mitchell, Yandy Gustave, Luke Barker with one. I think what this series did before looking ahead, um, and, you know, that might change over the next few weeks, but the, the doubleheader against the Giants and this series against the Reds has me more okay with the whatever the end result is in terms of the effort that I think the players are giving because I think they are stretching they where this ends up against good teams who knows but this roster and the capabilities of the roster as a whole are weakened and the guys that are here and playing appear to be fighting and it might be all for naught but I think like you said the this the sweep of the, the Giants and then taking two out of three after a you started and going to hold Friday is a very professional set of four wins and five baseball games. It's the best way to describe it. So I think you summed it up nicely, but we are, are looking ahead to some concerning things. First, we'll take a look at the wild card standings. Uh, the uh, giants did the, uh, or the Dodgers, excuse me, did the Brewers a favor by taking care of the San Diego Padres. They now find themselves two games back of the Padres, three and a half games back of the Phillies. Though, as we always mentioned, bears repeating, no tiebreaker for the Brewers, so we got a straight up pass both of those teams. Uh, I guess we'll look at the NL Central eight games. Behind I mean, the I mean, the other thing you, you forgot to mention there is that my Arizona Diamondbacks have cooled off a little bit. It's sadly, oh. it's now a ten game gap for them to the wild card eight to the Brewers. So that's tough. That's tough. They were really motor. I, I didn't there. want to bring that up. I know it was a uh, sore look, subject. I gotta, I gotta own it myself. Uh, my guys out in Arizona, they've slowed right down, but. They're only half game back at the Giants. They could still, there's room for them to move. Uh, but 10 games is a lot. So I don't think any any hats are going to have to be eaten as things stand. But who knows? You know, these Diamondbacks, they can get hot, Andrew. I don't know if you noticed. You never know. You never know. Snake timber uh, bites you when you least expect it. Brewers are off today, September uh, 12th on a Monday. And that's most welcome for them, I would assume. And then there's two games in St. Louis against the Cardinals. Uh, trying to get myself sorted because different places have different uh, pitchers. But I saw an Adam McCalvey tweet, so I'm just going to take that as gospel. So Tuesday against Jordan Montgomery, uh, what I've seen is the Brewers are going bullpen day. And then Wednesday, Corbin Burns versus Adam Wainwright. One app I'm looking looking at has them flip-flopped, but I'm just going to assume that what I saw from beat writers is right. And that Tuesday will be the bullpen day. Yeah. That, that's the reporting. I thought that I'd seen too was, was Tuesday's the bullpen day. Um, so yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it, it also probably makes more sense in terms of the pitching matchup. I feel like we've had Burns Wayne, right. A couple of times this season already. Um, hey, I'm excited for that. Yeah. That should be good. Um, are you excited for Tuesday though? Um, no. Uh, but one of the things that has me optimistic about their chances in a bullpen game is the two off days bookending this series. You can throw the kitchen sink at the wall, and then you have you can't you got to count on Burns going six or seven the next day, and you can just go out and flat flat out try to win it with like not oh we have to use. Uh, like we have to use, I don't want to throw a pitcher 
Trevor's name to the wall that like we have to use Trevor oh. Kelly here. Yeah, um because like we can't use Bush or Rogers or Williams. Well, in this situation, you can like Tuesday, it can be bridges to the seventh inning or the sixth inning. And then we just use our normal guys. And I feel a little more comfortable with that, given the the knowledge that they'll have a full rest day coming up. So I don't love having to do this. It speaks to our conversation last week about guys. There's some really tough conversations coming up with Freddie and Lauer being on the IL. Uh, but this is about as good of a possible scenario as they could go into it with, except for the opponent. So there's a few guys who have shown the ability to throw two innings, generally not in situations like this, but over the course of the season. So are you anticipating something along the lines of Suter, Perdomo, Strzelecki, and then if they're in the game, if they've got a lead or if they're right there, we get into the boxer bush taylor rogers devon territory that's that's kind of how you're imagining it right now that's pretty much exactly how i'm imagining it based on what i've heard council usually go to has gone to in the last few years in terms of the opener itself i'm expecting suitor despite uh some struggles from him recently and then yeah those are the two guys those are the two guys that also jumps in my mind as guys that can go multiple innings i mean perdomo is a guy that can give you three or four if you really want to push it. So if he's maybe number two in that, that stretch, and if he's at really throwing well, who knows what can happen, but um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking at. All right. Let's, let's see how that goes. I hope it goes well. This is the tough part with that is the really needing games. You really need to win these games. You can't let anything slip. So there's something so visceral about the idea of, having to watch not just against any team either, but against the Cardinals and an offense with the kind of firepower they have at their disposal. <laughs> that is definitely a little jarring, but let's hope for the best. Maybe we're just, we're, we're due for some good luck, Andrew. Um, we're going to get some help. We're going to get the best of all of those guys. And then Corbin puts on a clinic the next day and we get two wins over the Cardinals. Yeah, so what we're looking at after two with the Cardinals is three with the Yankees and three with the Mets. All six of those games are at home, but they come six six days in a row, one right after the other, since the, you know, getting off days in this week between the Cardinals um, series. I need to – I want to pull up, because this is kind of relevant now. I want to see who – so we, we've see our stretch of, of eight games here against uh, three division leaders. I want to see who the Padres have on the calendar before we go, just just so we all know. Just so we all know what's going on. I'll throw the Phillies into the mix, too. Maybe they're playing the Braves, and I can have a lesser of two evils situation. The Padres have a series against the Mariners, who are, who are a competent team, if I remember correctly. They've got two game series against the Mar- Mariners, and then they head to the desert to face Adams. Diamondbacks, we need them to bounce back again. Then they've got three against St. Louis, so... Not an easy stretch coming up for the Padres. Uh, the Phillies are coming off of a terribly easy stretch as they had to play the the dead-in-the-water Washington Nationals who are just, like, showing up to baseball games in hopes that the, they'll get there and they'll find out that the season has been canceled. Uh, the Phillies have the Marlins, who are not great, but do have Sandy Alcantara in their rotation. So if, if he lines up in one of those games, and he does, he's pitching uh, tomorrow, according to this list. Then they've got three in Atlanta, two in Toronto, more in Atlanta. So mm. the well, schedule's that, tough that, for everyone. That's every- an interesting stretch, like two. I mean, that's 
we might be waiting down the line and that could make it pretty dramatic in terms of a collapse for them, which I do believe is historically, you know, something they have in their arsenal. Am I right yeah. in saying that? They're kind of allergic sure. to the postseason. Um, so Braves, Blue Jays, Braves is certainly something where that could unravel. I mean, the one other thing, just even in terms of the Brewers and mapping this out, we should probably mention, um, I believe it was on Saturday, Todd Rosiak, because the Journal Sentinel reported that Ashby will be coming back as a reliever. Um, okay. They, they don't feel like they have the time to ramp up his work to get him back as a starter, so he'll be coming back as a reliever. I do wonder, though, like, again, when we're looking ahead, and I'm going to guess Lauer is probably going to miss more than one start. Hopefully I'm wrong on that, but if you looked at that Mets series, we currently have a gap there, too, where it could be another bullpen day. That bullpen day, though, could be with Aaron Ashby starting at that point, having having thrown a bullpen on Saturday. That seems plausible to me. I don't know what you think about that. Oh, yeah. I think that's if, – if they're activating him, I could think that's very possible. I had not seen that reporting just because I've been watching way too much football this weekend in person. So, you know, cell phone service varies. Uh, yeah, that's definitely another intriguing option. Just gives you another guy that can go to – and maybe three obviously don't want to stretch him any more than that since they don't want him to have starter workload but that that definitely helps the flexibility of a boy bullpen day and gives me even more optimism optimism if they have to do this in the future uh and certain other points in the schedule where it works out for that the flip side of that is that i i'm taking that as meaning jason alexander is a starter for the rest of the season um and i at that point you just have to take your your six innings or your five or six innings of bulk work that also allow six runs. And then sometimes the five and two thirds where he's thrown 115 pitches, but only two runs have scored because of all the double plays. That's what you're going to have to live with that roulette board. Unfortunately, just because of the organizational depth of pitching is not where it should be. I think largely because the really salient point you brought up, brought up last week is they've really failed with the development of Ethan Small this season and getting him opportunities to be comfortable at the big league level. It's just been here and there, put him in there, he fails all, yank him out, and don't give him another chance to figure out who he is at this level. So Alexander has to be there. Robert Gasser is a year away probably, has had great moments in, in the minors. Looks like he could really factor into the big league conversation as early as the middle of next year if his development continues. But right now it's just that is the reality of the situation is it's either Alexander Small, who they seem unwilling to give another chance to, or Josh Limbaugh, who would have to be added to the 40 man. They just do not have the options. And that's that's an organizational uh depth building failure on the front office. And that just is where they are. And it's a development failure on not figuring out where to use small in the big league level when he's clearly at an age where it's now or never not not necessarily never but now or never in terms of figuring out are you a starter or not yeah and again i mean i get the high stakes right now and maybe they just feel like alexander is less likely to be daunted by those starts because he's had plenty of experience with that over the course of this season now to to work through it and we've seen have good outings we've seen have bad outings and he kind of takes it all in stride and he just comes back and he pitches again next time but they are continuing that not ideal development track i would say with Ethan small by here's an obvious chance where you could you could take another look at him and yeah you might end up having to live with the consequences but you could be helping to build something for next season you could be getting a head start on something you're gonna have to like it's coming to a head. You're ma- you have to make a decision one way or another. You've got to work that out. 
he's clearly got something real. Um, you only have to look at his stuff. You only have to look at how it's been talked about at minor league levels. We've talked about maybe the one pitch that's missing in his arsenal, and that is, it seems like the issue for him as a starter. Um, but this is a, like all of your decisions right now are very needs must anyway, and with no disrespect, like, are you better off with Trevor Kelly up to be in the bullpen as opposed to Eaton Small? And if you're so committed that you don't want Eaton Small in the bullpen because you view him as a starter, well, why are you not bringing him up and giving him the chance to start again? Like, so that's that's just tough. I I can't quite work out the logic one way or another on that because if you're just if you're completely gone on the idea of him being a starter it would also seem like this would have been the chance to get him up and give him meaningful reps the bullpen row are not doing that either so it's tough it's tough and it's going to lead to some uh tough and interesting watches and it could be a couple of bullpen days against really good teams over the next 10 days or so the next time we we speak to you, unless like something crazy happens, we have to have an emergency podcast. I don't know what that would be because you know transactions aren't happening. It would it would have to be like let's uh, not I even, even talk about what it would have to. I don't be, even yeah. want to go there. If uh, if I don't know. Uh, moving on, we'll see you next time after uh, the Brewers have taken two games from the St. Louis Cardinals, and we're feeling even better. Yeah, and you've got to. We know the Cardinals have been tough for the Brewers. I think you might have to have these, though, because six straight against the New York teams, that is not exactly what you want or need at this time of the year. Two more against the Cardinals on the schedule down the line. Uh, I think you've got to have these. And that's not probably the ideal place to be, but this is what happens when you just drop off a cliff for two months. And all that was well uh, becomes not so well. And, you know, scrambling to try and get in the wildcard race. So two wins here would be a big deal because I think you're getting something banked. You're giving yourself just a little bit more, not a whole lot, but maybe a little bit more margin for error going into the Yankees and Mets series. But also maybe it just builds up some of the confidence needed. I mean, if, if they could somehow take these two against the Cardinals, we'd be looking at the Brewers having won six of their last seven, which I'm, I'm not going to talk about what month it is in the season yet, but for people who are into that kind of thing, that would be the start of the kind of run that is very, very much needed if this Brewers team is going to keep it alive. So if ever there's a time to put some of the frustrations against the great rival that is the St. Louis Cardinals behind them this season, now is the time starting with what will be a weird and wonderful bullpen day on Tuesday. All right. I think that pretty much does it. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, Cruising for a Bruising. We're on Twitter at BrewersGSPN. I'm at AdamMcGee11. Andrew's at ACSnide. GSPN.info, that's the place you should go to if you want basic details on anything related to the Eurostep Podcast Network. If you want to get in our Discord and be able to uh, chat up all things Brewers, Books, Packers with all the other listeners who are in there and ourselves, you'll find the form to get in there. Um, if you want to buy merch, the link to our GSPN store is there. If you want to check out the other pods, if you only listen to Cruising for a Bruising from our network and you want some Talk of the Tundra or 
you want some some books talk with the NBA season rapidly approaching two, Eurostep winning six. It's all there. It's all there and ready and waiting for you to check out. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>